Hi, beautiful soul. I am so excited and thrilled to bring Callie Ammons to you. Callie is an expert Enneagram coach and shares how Enneagram can serve you to build the career of your dreams. So if you're thinking, what in the world is that? Think about Strength Finder or Myers-Briggs that are similar personality typing systems, but the difference is that Enneagram is more focused on your inner world. And Callie calls Enneagram a compass to understanding who you really are at a deeper level. So Enneagram will help you to understand and get to know yourself at deeper and deeper level, to understand your core motivations, what's driving some of your decisions, and how to use it to design the job of your dreams. And we are talking very practical applications. So take a listen. I'm so excited about you joining this conversation with amazing Callie Ammons. So let's go. Bye, bud. Thank you so much for having me on. First off, I just want to thank you. I appreciate just anytime I get to talk to other like-minded women, it's really fun and exciting. So yeah, my name is Callie Ammons and I am a certified Enneagram life coach. And the story's kind of long of how I got here, but to make it short, I've always been someone who has been really obsessed with just growing myself. I remember as a six-year-old <laughs> writing a list on my bed of goals that I had. So I played basketball. So I'd be like, I'm going to make 50 shots today, or I'm going to go run half a mile. And I'm like, what six-year-old does that? Like my parents didn't teach me to do that. I don't, I can't think of any friends that did that, but I have just always been someone who loves setting goals, who loves trying to improve myself and have something to achieve and work towards. And so taking that into adulthood, I've been obsessed with like strength finders, Myers-Briggs, then it became the Enneagram, just any type of personality assessments where I could understand myself better and basically it would just help me improve. So my little sister was in therapy and her therapist used the Enneagram. And so my sister actually introduced it to me. She was like, Callie, have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I'm like, no, I don't think I have. And so we started talking about it, started researching about it. And it was awesome because my sister and I are super close and it gave us an understanding of each other of like why we struggled to get along, why we started to get along in different areas of our life when I understood about the Enneagram. So I became obsessed with it just personally. I saw it impacting my friendships, my relationship with my husband. Then I started seeing how it helped me be a better business owner just by understanding people better. Then I got the idea like, wow, what if I became certified in this because I'm reading and researching so much about it and I love it. What if I became certified and it just helped me even more in life? And then at the time I realized how I could incorporate that into my business. And now my business is really focused on the Enneagram. So for any of you listening who are like, what the heck is Callie even saying? I'm saying the word Enneagram and it just means nine points on a graph. And what this personality assessment does is it really focuses on our internal world, which is why I love this tool so much. And I love other tools too, but the Enneagram resonated with me differently and it's because of the whole internal focus. So you and I both could be outgoing or we could both love people, but we all have different motivations as to why we love that thing. And that's what the Enneagram explains. So when I was six, writing down goals, I just always thought people were like that. Like, isn't everyone high drive? Doesn't everyone set goals? And when I learned about the Enneagram, I learned that I'm a type three, which is called the achiever. And type threes basically are always striving for success. They're always striving to improve their life and the world around them. They're always um, holding themselves to like the best and highest version of themselves. And so when I learned about my type, I was just in awe and felt so seen and understood because I used to be told like, Callie, you're too much. Or will you just chill? Why do you have so much energy? Why are you always going after the next thing? Why are you trying to build that business? And I would wonder, I'm like, why am I like this? Like, is something wrong with me? Right. But I started to realize nothing's wrong with me. This is the way I was made. And this is the gift I offered to the world. And I shall learn how to do this in a healthy way, meaning be myself in a healthy way and continue to grow and evolve. So the other part about the Enneagram that I love so much is it doesn't just tell you things like you're outgoing, you love people, or you're super shy and you don't love people. 
but it tells you what you look like when you're healthy. And it also tells you what you look like when you're unhealthy. And I believe as humans, it's not like we arrive and we're just like healthy for life, but it's a process. Like I could get bad news today or go through something hard that kind of puts me in a season of stress or struggle. And it doesn't mean that like Kelly's doomed and unhealthy for life, but it means that I'm struggling right now. And the Enneagram gives you practical things to get yourself out of those ruts. It helps you become more self-aware of like, Ooh, why did I just respond that way? Or why am I operating out of this fear? And so really it's like this compass to the inside world of yourself of like when you're responding out of unhealth versus health. And the goal is that all of us are becoming healthier and healthier every day, operating out of our true essence and the gift that we can offer to the world. But that has to come from being self-aware. And if you don't understand who you are, which many of us don't, which sounds so weird, because it's like, how can you not know who you are when you've lived Mm -hmm. with yourself your whole life? but it's true. Like think about spouses who have been married for years and they're essentially like roommates and they don't even know each other anymore. We've all seen that. Or you have friendships like that can happen with yourself where you're just kind of sleepwalking through life, going through the motions. And you don't know why you get so annoyed at things. You don't know why you're angry. You don't know why you struggle with anxiety or depression or why this one person irritates you. And what the Enneagram does, it is, it explains all of that and it uncovers what's happening internally and how to actually sort through it so you can find freedom. So I know that was a super long answer, but I'm really passionate about this, as you can tell. And that's how I got into it is like finding all those answers within myself was so empowering. And I just came to this point where I'm like, I have to teach people about this because if they experience the same freedom I've experienced in my life, just by becoming more self-aware, like I can't hold this in. Yeah, no, thank you for that explanation. And you touched on quite a few things. So, um, So what you're saying essentially is Enneagram, for those of you who might not have heard about it, it's a similar personality-based assessment like Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder. Um, And let me ask you this. So how... um, how, what would you say is a difference or what, uh, when I took it to me, it speaks like spoke to me because it's kind of feels like it's more like deeper and more psychologically oriented, but how would you, you know, as an expert in the field, what would you say is different about, or even better about Enneagram? You know, if somebody is looking to kind of understand their strengths and their personality in more detail. Well, I first want to say like anyone who's just wanting to become more self-aware and like pursues any type of avenue of like Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, strength finders, like that's great. That's the whole point of the Enneagram is that you're seeking to understand yourself better so that you become healthier. And like, I never want to be like, you have to do the Enneagram over something else because they're all beautiful and all hold their own space. But to answer your question, which is a great question. I would say the Enneagram does focus more on like the spiritual side, um, the psychology Mm -hmm. and the internal world. So how you figure out your type, which I'm sure we'll get more into is all based on the core fear that you resonate with. So to compare like Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs could say like, okay, we both love people and we both love impacting people in a positive way. And we can know that. So it focuses on external behavior but the Enneagram is just focused on the internal. It doesn't really care that you and I both love impacting people in a positive way, but it's like, why? Like why does Callie love it so much? And you identify with your type based on the core fear. So every human subconsciously, like we are not intentionally like, I fear this, but subconsciously we all have a fear we're running away from. And that's how you figure out your Enneagram type. And once you figure that out, you'll start to see how a lot of times you operate out of that fear. So I'm just going to give a quick example in my life. So this kind of connects with you guys. So the type three, their core fear is being seen as unsuccessful. Okay. This is super this is the achiever. We're talking about the type three. Exactly. Okay. Yep. The achiever wants to be successful and like appear successful. And that can be different in everyone's life, right? Like depending on your culture, your upbringing, um, like in the culture I grew up in, it was in the Midwest. Like it was very successful for moms to stay home with their kids. And it was very like taboo for women to be working. So in my culture, I actually look very unsuccessful to a lot of women that I grew up around, but in another culture, they would be like, what? That's so weird. Like, why would you stay home and not work? Like, I don't have an option. Um, Okay. But anyways, in my personal life, here's an example that happened last week where I operated out of my core fear and it sucked, but I was aware of it and able to like work, do some deep self-work. 
So I was at this like small group meeting a bunch of new people and everyone had been talking for almost an hour, just kind of sharing what they do as their job, who they are, their families, why they live in Colorado, blah, 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 just kind of small talk. And then I was the last person, but they finally got to me and they asked what I did. And someone had known that I was into the Enneagram. So they were asking me about it. And I was really excited just sharing about it. And there was one comment I slid in that I was like, dang, why did I say that? And it was out of my core fear. So I was, they had heard about Ian Cron, who is kind of one of like the big people in the Enneagram space. He's written The Road Back to You, which is an incredible book. I highly recommend. And I had had him on my podcast and in the small group setting, I made it a point to let the people know in that group that Ian Cron and I have had conversations and that he was on my podcast. So externally, it's not bad to share that Ian Cron and I had a podcast, but in my internal soul, I knew that Callie was bringing that up intentionally so that I could earn respect and appear successful to those people. And I bet no one in the room even caught it. But afterwards, when I got in the car, I started talking to my husband about it. I was like, did you notice when I said blah, blah, blah. And he kind of laughed and was like, yeah. And I was like, that was out of a really unhealthy place. Like, I think subconsciously, I feared that I was going to be seen as like unsuccessful or the Enneagram is weird. And just very quickly out of my mouth, it came out and I'm like, dang, that sucks, but it doesn't have to. The cool thing is that like, I was aware and that's the part of growth is that we're aware that we behave that way. And I spent some time journaling, like, why did I feel like I had to prove to them my success? Like, why couldn't that success be enough in my heart? So that's kind of an example is there's nine Enneagram types and we'll all resonate with a core fear. And you'll see, just like I gave that example, you'll see how that core fear will creep out in your life all the time. Like just in the language, the way you carry yourself, the way you behave. Mm-hmm. And the goal is that we're healing and not operating out of that core fear. Because when I'm confident in myself and not just confident on my accomplishments, Now I've become solid, but if I only feel successful based on what I do, what an exhausting life I have to live to try to always be accomplishing things to be successful. Mm -hmm. But many times that's what the company, right? When we work for companies, right? It's the goals, it's measured, right? And essentially that is your success is your production, right? And that's what you're told. That's a narrative. Yes. And it's like, And it's not bad to have goals and it's not bad to accomplish things, but it all comes back to your motivation of like, okay, it's not bad that I shared. I had a conversation with Ian Cron, but why did I share that? And that's where it becomes unhealthy versus healthy. And Mm -hmm. this is a cool thing about the Enneagram is no one else knows you. So like, I actually don't type my clients. I ask them questions and help lead them to the answer. I have a whole training that helps people figure out their type. But Mm -hmm. I can't look at someone and be like, this is your motivation or this is your fear because only you know what's inside of your heart. And all of us can have similar external behaviors again, where I could say that about Ian Cron and it could have been healthy in that moment, or it could have been super unhealthy, which in my case, it was unhealthy because I knew my motivation. And I was like, dang, (laughs) I'm trying to win people's approval right now by intentionally saying this. And that's the beautiful thing about the Enneagram is it's so personal and deep, but you get to explore that with yourself. Mm, yeah, and that's how I felt when I I was doing um, the I walked through the test a couple of times I think in 2016, mm. and then I was kind of called to revisit it again Why? this year. Um, I think I heard your interview and just it mentioned a couple of times and yeah when you read it it really I felt like it resonated with me mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people have that experience right when Absolutely. they do the test and then they start reading. Yeah. Um, so I naturally want to ask you, you know, to kind of briefly describe maybe the nine types. But before you do that, I was wondering if you can share how can Enneagram help somebody, you know, in their career journey? So let's say if you are not, you know, you're busy and you've achieved already a lot and you're successful, but you feel internally that there's something, this nagging feeling that something is missing, you know, kind of a little bit of that void, or maybe you feel um, a lot of anxiety, you know, that it takes a lot of force to get through the day, right? And accomplish what you're accomplishing. Um, Or, you know, you, or, you know, you kind of know that maybe your current form of job is not it but you don't really know what next steps to take right right get to your dream job and dream career how can enneagram help yeah okay i'm like this is awesome such a good question so 
in short, when you know the solution to a problem, you can fix it. If your car breaks down and you're like, oh, just one little thing's out of place. All I got to do is kick this and it works like, boom, you just solved the problem. But if you actually don't know how to fix it and you go to a mechanic and you have someone review it and then look at it and then you get a quote and then you have someone else look at it, that can drag on and on and you don't know how to fix the problem. I know it's kind of a weird analogy, but it's the same thing with ourselves. So when you don't feel like you know your purpose or why you don't feel 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 fulfilled at work or at home. And it's like, what is wrong? That is your intuition telling you, Hey, something's off. And it's not to condemn yourself. It's just something to listen to where I believe it's so cool that our internal world speaks to us. I'm a believer of God. And so it can be God. It can be a higher power, like what you believe, but it's something internally is speaking to you and listen to that. Like we are so intuitive I just think of kids. So I have a baby, he's six months old and it amazes me like how intuitive he is naturally, like in the essence, purest form of like being a fresh kid in this world. Mm -hmm. He can tell me when he's hungry. He can tell me when he has to go to the bathroom, like basic things. But I think as adults, we become so out of, um, just in tune with ourselves that we like suppress it. And Mm -hmm. so listen to that. If you're like, man, I'm not feeling fulfilled. There's a reason why. So the Enneagram provides that clear solution where it helps you start uncovering like, oh, I'm stressed probably because I'm operating out of insecurity all the time and trying to win people's approval. Like the first issue is building your confidence, like on something solid rather than all your accomplishments or what people think of you or having peace and zero conflict with people. It could be different for all Enneagram types, Mm -hmm. but you start to feel like there's a problem. Like your career is the problem when actually it's probably you're the problem, something internally that you have to work through. And the cool thing is that the Enneagram helps us see what to work through. And as you start to become healthier and more grounded and intuitive and aware of who you actually are deep down and when you're operating out of health and unhealth, now your discernment and wisdom starts to increase so much more in life because you're understanding how you're operating. So I could have like started a business out of insecurity to prove that I'm successful. And it's like, that would never be satisfying, right? Like even if my business was successful, if my core heart issue is operating out of health, that business is never going to be enough. And so that's the beautiful thing with the Enneagram is that it helps you uncover those lies, all, all the fears that you're operating out of and helps you get true to yourself where you're experiencing wisdom and discernment, which helps you to just navigate life better, feeling more grounded. And I think it also helps us like at our work. I'm sure all of us have experienced working for bosses where they just kind of give you commands. They don't really care about you. They're just living their life, going through the day to day. And we don't want to be those people, right? Like how do we actually care for our coworkers or the people we're leading or the people we're coming in contact with? And you can't do that unless you know how to care for yourself and be self-aware yourself. So Mm. I, like, I've spent so much time around people where they just talk and talk about themselves or they're really rude about other people. I don't think they're trying to be rude or Mm -hmm. not Mm self-aware. I just think that they're so corrupted or blinded by their own behaviors that they've just gotten stuck in the motions. And that's the pattern that we want to try to interrupt because that's going to bless your professional life. It's going to bless your personal life when you actually feel alive and present in every single thing you're doing throughout the day. Mm. So what you're saying, it's not really necessarily the job or the external circumstance, which we have the tendency to say, okay, if I'm feeling the anxiety, if I'm feeling drained at the end of the day, if I'm feeling like something's missing, it might not necessarily be the job or the clients or the issues you might, even if you change jobs, you might be bringing yourself those same experience is just to a different company different set of people and Mm -hmm. after the newness (laughs) compared there's a lot of analogy with dating (laughs) yes exactly the newness wears off and you're like I don't like this anymore I need change exactly and it's so situational like some people's situation could absolutely be the job or the client something needs to change but we all have to start with being aware to have that discernment to actually know. So I used to be a Starbucks store manager. I own my own business. I'm also a real estate agent. I recently pursued that because it's been a dream of mine. And all, there's several other jobs I've done. But if I go through and list them all, pretty much all of them I've loved and I've been very fulfilled in. And a lot of them I knew I wasn't yeah. going to do long term. Like working at Starbucks wasn't like my career for life. 
but I loved it. And I think it's because that was the season when I was actually exploring the Enneagram and becoming healthier. And I learned so much of like myself and self-awareness and how to be present, how to grow my leadership skills, run a business, connect Mm -hmm. with people there that I saw that that job was basically preparing me to have my own business and pursue Mm -hmm. other things. And so I definitely teach on two different mindsets. There's an ownership mindset or a victim mindset. And I think people fall into either one and Mm -hmm. an owner takes the perspective of like, if I don't like my job, it's on me. Like it's on me to figure out like, what isn't happening? Is it me? Does something need to change? Do I need to switch jobs? But a victim is like, oh, they suck. They're terrible. No one treats me right. And if you Mm -hmm. operate out of that mindset, every single job is going to suck for you. Everything in your life is going to suck from you. And so you really have to be honest with yourself to be like, okay, how can I take ownership? How can I take control of what I can control right now? Grow myself, use this opportunity to build me and make me stronger. And then you go from there and make the decisions that you have to make. Mm. So how did you, uh, you said you obviously switched careers Mm -hmm. and you loved your jobs, you know, even the different ones. So how do you think was a mindset or what, what did you bring to the table? You know, that experience. One of my mindsets was like, I'm going to quit putting myself in a box. So recently just became a realtor, like here in this past year. And that was a box I had put myself in where like my Enneagram business is going really well. I love it. And I was talking to my husband about how I've had real estate on my heart for like five years. And he kind of looked at me and was like, so why aren't you pursuing it? And I'm like, because I love my business and it's going really well. And he said, who says you can't have two jobs? And I was like, huh, this is why I love you. Like, you're right. As long as I have healthy boundaries, I'm spending time with my family and I'm being like really intentional with my time, like with both businesses, like, why can't I do it? Like, there's no rule. And that's kind of a mentality I've taken where it's like, I'm not in a box. Like our, the own rules we make up in our head, like our own mindsets can put us in boxes but I've just taken one step at a time. So it's not like pursuing being a realtor was trying to get out of something. It's like, no, I'm just passionate about this and want to do it as well. And if it doesn't work like, cool, then I'll just stop and continue on in my business. Like my, my business is continuing on. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had that mindset even back to when I was at Starbucks was that this is where I am in this season. And this opportunity is building me. And I was at Starbucks because I was in college at the time working on getting my degree. And while I was with that company, my goal was to go as high up in the company as I could mm-hmm. at the age I was just to get as much experience as I could. And I knew that was my job for this season. And I didn't see it as just a job to get a paycheck, mm-hmm. but I saw it as like, this job is going to build Callie in her character in her discernment. And I'm going to push myself through uncomfortable situations so that I can handle even more responsibility. And yeah, I definitely think like having goals and visions is really important. So like I've known I wanted to have my own business for like years. When I was in high school, that was like a dream of mine, maybe even before high school. But I just saw those opportunities as like, this is leading me to my business. And when the timing is right, it's gonna come to me and it's gonna happen. And so, yeah, I think that was my mindset was just seeing like life isn't, isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. So this is for Mm. me. It's a gift and it's building me right now. I love that. I love that. And I feel it takes off some of the pressure, right? That you're wasting time in the wrong job because all of it is preparing you, whatever Mm -hmm. that next step is. And what you're sharing is so inspirational is because you had something on your mind, kind of the second piece, what you shared is. And you're going for it mm-hmm. and you're exploring it. Yeah. And that is the only way kind of how we get out of our fantasy, right? In our head yes. and actually yep. see and know how it will work in the real world. And then exactly. we don't have to live with the what if, right? Like right. later, what if I had gone for it? I love exactly. that. Exactly. And like, we're not in a box. That's the thing too. Even with my Enneagram business, how I started it to what it looks like today is so different than I ever dreamed of. And I'm sure in like two years, it's going to look so different because the Lord just keeps leading me on like, Ooh, I'm passionate about this. I love this. Okay. I don't like this. I'm changing this. And there's not this pressure. Like you were saying, it's not like, Oh, I have to get to this one job or once I have a business, then I'll be happy. If you're not happy today, you're not going to be happy. Then like you can find satisfaction and happiness now. And it's within you doing that deep work to figure out what is hindering that because there's no job, there's no relationship, there's no child, there's no one thing you have to achieve 
to then get happiness. Sure. Things can bless your life more. Like I absolutely love my business probably more than my Starbucks job and like the freedom Mm -hmm. I have, but I was very happy back then too. Like you would look at my life and be like, dang, she's like living it up. Like I just was very content because I, I think it was that mindset of seeing these things are happening for me and it's building me. And yeah, it's just like getting the focus off of yourself. Like when you're at work or whatever line of work you're doing, it's like, how can I impact people in a positive way? How can I make a difference here? And when you get the focus off of yourself, it's Mm -hmm. so much more fulfilling instead of being like, why aren't people doing this for me? This sucks. I should be here. Blah, blah, blah. And that's just bringing yourself into anxiety and depression, I think. But it also gives you, um, it essentially empowers you, right? The yes. complaining and finding fault and finding what's wrong. At the same way, at the same time, it's very disempowering, right? Because yes. all of these things around you have to change for you to be happy. And what are the chances? Exactly. And and that's the victim versus ownership mindset. Because mm-hmm. if you're a victim, now it's all like nothing's in your control then. It's just like, you're hoping for a good life. You're hoping people will treat you right. You're hoping these things will happen to you. But when you're an owner, it's like, my happiness is on me. My satisfaction is on me and I will find it. And I have found it like in my faith. I've found it in my character. Like who Callie is, is so much more fulfilling than the actual like job I'm doing. Now, I totally believe like there's certain jobs that are better for different people Mm -hmm. based on your personality. And the more you know yourself and the more you're self-aware, that's really great for you to pursue. So like for real estate, I know I love people. I miss face-to-face interaction because my online business is hundred percent online and it's Mm -hmm. been great, but I realize I'm really good with people in person as well. And so that was one reason why I pursued being a realtor. I'm like, you know what? I think I'd really enjoy incorporating, like meeting more people locally and helping people face-to-face and just adding some flavor to my work, like a different variety. And it's been so good for my soul. And so knowing that about myself wasn't like, I'm in the wrong career. I didn't need to stop my business. I just realized I needed to add something else to my life. And it's blessed me so much. Yeah. So this gives you the the power or the knowledge. So essentially knowing yourself is giving you the power to design your career, right? Your work life and your whole, you know, overall life. Yeah. Where, you know, what works best for you, because it's not a cookie cutter. No approach not everybody you know somebody can share their journey what's worked for them doesn't mean it will be you know the right place for you so maybe we're all so different (laughs) yeah right and that's where it's like it's unique amazing and hard yeah exactly (laughs) figure you're bringing it back to what you started with knowing yourself that it seems like so quote-unquote dumb though don't I doesn't don't I know myself but you know we really don't And the more layers we are uncovering and more uh ahas, like you said, in every interaction, right? And the life is the entire process of uncovering yourself more and more. But maybe you could uh, give an overview of the profiles, the Enneagram type. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So if you guys want to like go more into this, I have a podcast called Living Enneagram episode 61. I go deeper into all of this. So if you guys are like, wait, what is she saying? She's going too fast. Go listen to that. Cause that's a really great resource, but yes, I will hit on them really quick. And this is what's so beautiful about the Enneagram is there are many, many layers to this. So guys, I'm just like touching the surface of telling you the overview, but there's things that go into like what you look for in romantic relationships, how you handle conflict, um, how you try to get your needs met from people in like work environments, what you looked like as a child. So there's layers that you can go into that um, it's a journey. Like it's not just finding your type. Finding your type is only the beginning and it goes deeper and deeper to figure out how you apply this to your life. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So there's nine Enneagram types. The type one is called the perfectionist or the reformer. Their core fear is being seen as bad or evil in the world. So what we see in type ones is they really are perfectionists. They have um, very high discipline, a standard for excellence, and they hold themselves and other people to that standard. Type ones are incredible leaders. And when I go through all these, like you can probably imagine how some of these characteristics can turn into like really unhealthy behaviors, but also healthy. And that's the beautiful thing. Um, We were talking before we hit record about this, where it's like, some of the strengths you can see in yourself come out and it's like, Ooh, that's ugly. Or I'm driving other people crazy. And that's the beautiful thing is learning how to be yourself, but also be mature, 
tactful, respectful about other people around you and learning how to um, kind of hold space for both places. Maybe so that's a, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's the type one type two is called the helper. This person fears being unwanted or unloved from people. And so why they're called the helper is they're so good at serving people and just giving, giving all the time. And what's happening is subconsciously they they're thinking if I serve and give all the time, people are always going to need me and want me. And they get that approval and appreciation. Type three, I feel like I've already given you guys so much context about this, but type three, the achiever, their core fear is being seen as unsuccessful or not adding value to the world. So you see type threes are very like efficient, productive. They can really chase after success, which of course can be unhealthy, um, totally depends on where they're at, but just trying to achieve a certain level of status or appearance in other people's eyes. Type four is called the individualist or the romantic. And the type four has very deep emotions. So their core fear is being seen as flawed or that they're not unique. They're not special. Everyone else is better than them. Basically something's wrong with them, but when they're healthy and they're not operating from that fear, they are so good at experiencing deep emotions. So like artists, musicians are often type force. They move people to a place where, you know, you might listen to some lyrics and you're like, wow, I never knew I even felt that, but this person is like singing what's in my soul. That's yeah. probably a type four. They have an incredible gift of moving people in an emotional way that can bring healing, openness. They can be incredible therapists as well. Type five. So this is my husband's type. This is the thinker or investigator and type fives fear being depleted of energy. And this is because they have the lowest energy on the Enneagram. So we could wake up with hundred percent battery life. Type fives are going to wake up with like 23% battery life. And that's like their max for the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's things like conversations can take energy, giving someone a phone call can take energy, their work can take energy. And this was so helpful in my relationship with my husband, where I just used to come in the room and just start talking, talking, because I'm a talker and he's like, holy crap, well, she shut up. And I'm like, why does my husband not love me? He's not talking. But when we understood the Enneagram, I had so much compassion for him where I'm like, wow, I'm probably draining him and not giving him enough time to like gather himself after work or prepare him for a conversation I'm wanting to have. So now we have common language where I can walk in the room and be like, Hey, Kareem, I want to talk to you about a coaching conversation I had with a client. How's your energy level? Or when can I talk to you about it? And he's mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's talk later tonight about it, which is great. Cause now we have common communication instead of him thinking I'm crazy and me thinking he hates me. Cause that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can see how the Enneagram helps you understand other people where you're just like, wow, I had no idea. Like that was your fear. That's how you were operating. It's so beautiful. So anyways, that's the type five is they're just scared of being depleted, but they get energy by researching, getting knowledge. So that's why they're called the thinker or investigator is mm -hmm. because like reading books or watching YouTube or just like kind of sitting by himself. That's my husband's favorite thing to do because that's fueling his tank and yeah. it's building that competence. They want to be very knowledgeable. Yeah. You know your husband's type? I forgot to ask you that before we started. I think he also, the number, his leading was number two, the helper, just like me. Wow. So, you, wow. Okay. So you guys are a, a whole helper household. <laughs> For <laughs> the better or worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Okay, cool. So type six, they're called the loyalist. And the type six is, last time I checked, are the most common Enneagram type in the United States. So just wow. an interesting fact. But they fear fear itself. So they tend to be really anxious. They can think through worst case scenario thinking. And the reason is they're trying to prepare themselves. They think if they're playing through all the fears, thinking through worst case scenarios, mm -hmm. then they're going to be prepared for the worst case scenario. Um, so they are often very prepared in situations. Like I think of the mom who has like the backup clothes, all the snacks, all the things. It's like mm -hmm. they've thought through everything that could happen. Um, but they're called the loyalists because they really desire to have a committee of people that they're very connected to. So they are very loyal to other people, but they okay. want you to be loyal in return. So type sixes can struggle with like decisions. If there's an important decision to make, they often want to pull all their friends and families in to make the decision because if it's the wrong decision, then it's on the whole group and not that individual person. Oh, okay. So yeah. 
So again, it can be a weakness. It can also be a strength depending on how healthy they are. But type sixes are incredible people, people like they just love people. They're great at serving and type twos and sixes can be common mistypes because of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There is a lot of common mistypes. So if you guys are listening to this and you're like, Ooh, I see myself in that, in that, and that. Yeah. 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 I was like, you're reading my question. I was like, what if I, what if somebody, you know, you hear it and you're like, Oh, that's me. That's me. That's me. Right. So write all those down, all the ones you resonate with, write them all down and start researching like your top three numbers or your top four numbers. Um, I resonated with the type seven, eight, and three when I first got into the Enneagram and I didn't know I was a three until I did further research because you hear these external behaviors I'm describing, but again, you have to go deeper to learn about the motivation of each type. Mm -hmm. And when I'm saying go research, you guys, the road back to you, I mentioned that book in the beginning, that really is a great starter book because he goes Mm -hmm. pretty deep, but it's also in story format and it's not boring. Like he's hilarious. Mm -hmm. And then listening to podcasts that are about the Enneagram, I think is Mm -hmm. so helpful listening to like interviews of different types or hearing teachers just explain more in depth, just hearing someone who knows what they're talking about through audio. Sometimes it's easier than reading because it's so easy for us to misinterpret things. So that's just yeah. a tip to like go deeper. But yes, as you guys are listening to me, write all the ones that you're like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me and that and that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay. Type seven. So this is the enthusiast type sevens. Their fear is that they're going to be unhappy or unsatisfied in life. So okay. if you're struggling with careers and like jumping around all the time, you might resonate with the seven because sevens often try to find fulfillment in very physical things in life. And it doesn't lead to that fulfillment. It goes back to having to do that deep work to figure out like, okay, where are you trying to find satisfaction? So they're the enthusiasts because sevens have very high energy. They want to have fun. So what you can see is because they don't want to be unhappy or unsatisfied, they're the people that can like hang out with 10 friends in one day, go on a vacation, come back the next day. They want, like, they just have a full schedule all the time because they're trying to fill themselves up. They're trying to find happiness and satisfaction. So they're great. Like they often are their friends and family members that get all of us out of the house to like do more things, but they're also the people where it's like, Whoa, chill out sometimes. Like it's okay. to (laughs) Right. Exactly. But sevens are incredible. Again, healthy to unhealthy. It's just amazing how that comes out and what you look like. I know this is, I'm giving you guys so much, but when you're healthy or unhealthy, your number will actually connect to another number in health and unhealth. So that's, what's really fascinating is like, as a type three, I'm connected to the six and nine. So when I'm unhealthy, I look like a type nine, which is fascinating. As you guys are listening to me describe the types, you might be resonating with multiple types because you're resonating in seasons when you've looked unhealthy and seasons when you're healthy. And -hmm. it's because you're probably seeing yourself move. So I know I'm going deep. Like there's so much guys that you can go into the Enneagram, but also just keep that in mind as you're listening to me, it's probably because you're seeing yourself in different seasons, depending on what your number is connected to. Okay. We got two left. So the type eight, this one, I feel like is the most bold, like obvious Enneagram type. They're called the challenger and eights fear, not having control in life and being betrayed. They fear that they can't trust people. And so what you see is a very domineering personality. Like they're super blunt. They are incredible leaders when they're healthy though, because they're not scared of people. They can just, they're the person that can like give someone feedback or say something in a room where everyone else's mouth kind of drops. And you're like, did you just say that? And the type eight is like, what? I was just being honest. Like I was just telling them that's their (laughs) mentality. And they're really not trying to be a jerk. It's them operating from a place of either feeling like they don't have control. And so they're trying to enforce themselves to gain back control. Oftentimes when you see that domineering side, but when they're healthy, they're very tender and they're sweet and they're incredible leaders. So that is the mm-hmm. challenger. So if you have someone in your life or you yourself like to challenge people, th- there you go. That probably explains it. Yeah. People often, I would say, struggle the most with type eights or just fear type eights a lot where it's like, oh my gosh, they're really mean. And it's like, oh, they don't think they're mean. They just think they're being honest with you because they're just saying it how it is. Um, Yeah, it's great working with some type eight clients, just helping them learn how to be a little bit more sweeter or tender in in the way that they talk to people. I'm like, just soften it a little. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The type nine, they are called the peacemaker. 
So type nines fear conflict or tension. And this could be like an actual argument with someone else, but it could also be tension within themselves. So if they're struggling to make a decision or they don't know what they want in life, that just stresses them. And so they can tend to be busy bodies, just kind of going through life, taking care of everyone else. And they're doing this to create peace, but it's often a false sense of peace because they're not actually getting to the root of the issue. And I'm sure like, as you guys hear me, like saying the titles, like peacemaker and hearing they don't like conflict. Well, a ton of us don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much every person doesn't like conflict, maybe type eights, but (laughs) it's going back to that motivation of like, is that what that person is fearing all the time? Or do you fear being unsuccessful or do you fear Mm -hmm. not being loved or wanted? Um, I just wanted to point that out because I know those titles can also be very hard. Like I would consider myself a perfectionist, but I'm not a type one. So yeah, yeah, there is a very simple overview for you guys, but definitely go get, go dig deeper in this. And if you want help finding your type, you'll probably hear about like tests that you can take online. Just know if you take those, they're only like 60 to 70% or 60 to 80% accurate. And it's because as humans, we often don't know how to answer truthfully, like with ourselves. So when I took the test, I typed as a seven, then an eight, because I wish I was better at conflict. I wish I was more fun, but the truth is I'm a type three. So if you take a test, just have that in mind where it's like, okay, I scored as a type two or I scored as a type nine. Now go research more about those types and just make sure it aligns. Or if you're like, actually, I don't really resonate with this. Cool. Just keep researching. Um, but my website, CallieAmmons.com, I have like a mini course that I help people figure out their type where I just teach a lot more in depth that you guys can take, or you can listen to like my podcast or Ian Cron has a great podcast. I know I'm throwing so much at you guys. I just always want to like give resources to help you feel like, wow, this is fascinating. No, that's awesome. Because I was going to ask you, you know, what's the easiest, you know, if somebody, you know, is interested and wants to, you know, find out a bit more and determine their type, you know, um, I think it's the Enneagram Institute, right, that has a test you're referring to, but you would recommend kind of taking your, your mini course uh, that's on your site. Yeah. I recommend just learning. So if you learn best through like podcast or visual, like my training that I do is like, you see my face, I'm teaching and you hear my voice and there's a workbook. Mm-hmm. But if you like learn best by reading, go by the road back to you or listen to the book. Okay. I think just hearing an Enneagram teacher is best. You can take a test, the Institute. Yeah. I think it's like $12 or something. Yeah. I personally would just, I would recommend you guys to go put that money towards like a book or a course or something like my course is $19 to take the mini training or go listen to podcasts for free. Um, I just think it's easier to hear an expert teaching because the wisdom is complex. Like, as you've heard me explain this and kind of barely touch on like the numbers you're connected to in health and unhealth and weans. All of that has a huge factor because let's say you're in a season of unhealth right now. No shame. Maybe you're just going through something hard. Like you just came out of COVID or you lost a family member or you lost your job. Okay. You're in a season of stress. And so you might be operating out of your stress number and not your actual core type. And just having someone who knows what they're talking about can really help you guide, guide you through that wisdom, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but as long as you're open to learning and figuring out your type and you're not just trying to find like one number, but you're like, actually, applying yourself to this knowledge, you'll figure it out. And I think you can explore that in so many different ways. No, that's um, a lot of uh, wealth of information. And thank you for those resources. I totally agree. And um, that's super helpful kind of to know, maybe it's better to, you know, take um, guidance from you, you know, in the mini course versus just trying to do it on your own. Um, I want to be respectful of the time. I think we are one minute Oh, you're sweet. Yeah, no, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you. So now let's say somebody, you know, listens to the, you know, either reads a book, listens to some of the podcasts or takes even the, you know, either the course or kind of has an idea right now I'm resonating with this, you know, as a core yeah. type. Um, how, and this is, I think the biggest thing is like, like when people take these tests, it's like they take them. It's nice, but how, like, what is your recommendation to actually apply it to empower yourself? Yeah, such a good question. And I love this because it's like the Enneagram is pointless if you're just trying to find a number and not actually apply it to your life. Like if you're doing that, then just make up a number and say mm-hmm. you're whatever type. Yeah, the goal is that we apply it so we become healthy. So 
how you do this is first, you have to understand it. Mm-hmm. You can't apply something you don't know. Yeah. So just like commit time to learning about it over time. Like I've been studying the Enneagram for years and I'm a coach, but I'm still studying it because there's so much to know. And when I say study now, I'm not saying you guys need to spend five hours a day, but maybe like once a month or a few times a month, you listen to an Enneagram podcast or you read a book here and there. It's really educating yourself about your type so that you're understanding like, okay, what's the core motivation of my type? What does my type look like in health? How about when I'm in stress? What about my blind spots? What about in conflict? As you learn those pieces, then you're applying it to your life. Just like the example I gave you guys in the beginning where I was at that small group last week mm-hmm. and the, the words came out of my mouth and in the moment, like I felt it, but I wasn't going to do all my deep work there in front of everyone. But when I got home, I just spent like two minutes journaling where I was like, that was really interesting. Here's what happened. Here's what I said. I felt the need to prove that I was valuable. Why did I feel insecure? Why did I feel invaluable to these people? Why did I feel like I had to prove myself? So just asking questions and being aware of your Enneagram type and recognizing when you're moving to stress and health, just Mm -hmm. that awareness right there is moving you toward health because most people would say something like that and not even realize it was unhealthy. There's like, yeah. And they're bragging on their accomplishments. We've all been around people who are really unhealthy and it's like, they don't even realize what's coming out. I've done that before and didn't even realize it. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, but it's a process. It's a journey. It's not like do this one thing and you've arrived, but I'd say it's continually applying yourself to learning and then reflecting. We have to reflect in our life. If we're just busy, busy, busy doing one Mm -hmm. thing to the next and never spending time reflect on like, huh, why did I feel insecure when I walked into the gym today? Or why was I staring at that one person so much? Like I'm saying like, get deep with yourself, ask yourself those questions. And it's like, oh, I was staring at them because I wish I looked like them and I feel insecure in myself. I mean, maybe I'm the only one that has these thoughts, but it's like, truly, we all have these thoughts throughout the day. And they make us a little uncomfortable or sometimes ashamed where it's like, I should be confident or I I shouldn't need these people's approval. But the truth is we're all broken humans. And when you give yourself grace and just don't judge yourself, but notice, just notice how you're behaving and you ask yourself questions, kind of like a little kid ask like, why, why, why (laughs) ask yourself those same questions and you'll start to get to answers within yourself that you're like, wow, I didn't realize that was the actual issue. And then you're empowered to work through it. Yeah, and understand yourself better and kind of what's maybe what's going on at deeper, deeper layers. So Callie, thank you so much. I really loved you sharing, you know, first of all, you about your beautiful journey and the example of being six years old, making goals lists. <laughs> and so uh, I'm sure that's just so um adorable and I'm sure it was a handful for your parents <laughs> oh my gosh yeah god bless them they're awesome <laughs> yeah and kind of all the wisdom that you shared with us can you just remind uh people how they can find you if they want to learn more the podcast you know the resources your website again yeah. Absolutely. Best place is callieammons.com. You can find like podcasts, YouTube channel resources, my Instagram account there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then same thing with iTunes or any podcasting platform you listen to, just search my name or my podcast is called Living Intentionally. And yeah, you guys can find a lot of free Enneagram teaching content on podcasting or my YouTube channel and Instagram. Those are the three main platforms I do a lot of education on. So check it out and go as deep as you guys want. I, I went crazy deep when I first learned about it because it really touched me that much. I think I was crying when I figured out my type. I'm like, wow, I feel seen for the first time. Oh, that's beautiful. That definitely yeah. resonates. And Callie Ammons, it's C-A-L-L-I-E-A-M-M-O-N-S. Just yes. to make sure you're navigating to the right website, but definitely go check out the podcast. Uh, the work that she does is beautiful. And if you're looking to uh, connect better, you know, with your career, with more purpose and take, you know, steps, intentional steps towards finding more fulfillment and um, be fully seen and appreciated, then you can learn about yourself, learn what are some of the key drivers, like you said, the core fears, and then you can are better equipped to, you know, decide and um, make decisions about the next steps and kind of make the change inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And thank you so much for being here, Callie. 
Yeah. Bye. Bye. So what was your top takeaway from our conversation with Callie? Here are mine. Number one, you have to know yourself well to design the career of your dreams. Number two, knowing yourself will give you more freedom and confidence in your career choices and next steps. Number three, it was eye-opening for me how we make choices based out of our own core fears. So next time you're faced with making a career choice, ask yourself, am I making this choice because I'm afraid of something? Or am I making it because it's really something that I truly want? Number four, our internal voice is speaking to us nonstop. Tune in and listen. Number five, build your confidence on something stronger than just your accomplishments. Build it on you, your character, and who you are. Number six, Enneagram is a tool and a solution to increase your self-awareness to really see you at a deeper level and support you in having more discernment next time you make a career choice. Number seven, ownership versus victim mindset. If you don't like your job, it's on you to figure out what's not working and what you need to do. Enneagram can help you on this journey. Number eight, increase your sense of fulfillment today by shifting from me, 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 and I focused mentality to how can you impact people and situations in a positive way and make a difference. Number nine, the rules we make up in our heads can put us in a box we don't need to be in and can actually restrict us. So if you have a strong belief that is restricting you, ask yourself, is this really true? What I believe is it really true? And number 10, see your job and up-to-date experiences and even challenges as happening for you. If this resonated with you, make sure you commit some time to understanding yourself and your Enneagram type better. You can do it in a couple of ways. You can go and listen to Callie's podcast, Living Enneagram. And I actually would strongly encourage you to take her mini course that's available on CallieAmmons.com. So it's C-A-L-L-I-E-A-M-M-O-N-S.com, where she is giving her expertise and has condensed the time she spent to research Enneagram to help you figure out your Enneagram type and how it translates in you building your dream job and your dream career. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the Create Your Best Career podcast and share this episode with one person you know who isn't truly happy in their job right now. Also join us at Facebook, Create Your Best Career podcast group. Would love to see you there.